Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Die by the Sword podcast. Unfortunately, John couldn't join us this week either, so we've got Richard back once again to complete the water level of Schloss Karamark. With Roderick back in the mix, who's ready for some more natural ones, huh? I'm just kidding. Mostly. We do want to give a huge thank you to Midnight Syndicate for allowing us to use their music to enhance the show. If you want to add their music to your games, check them out at www.midnightsyndicate.com. We also want to thank Sword Coast Soundscapes for the use of the ambient sounds. Those tracks really do set the mood for any situation the PCs encounter. You can check out his stuff at youtube.com slash swordcoastsoundscapes. Also, don't forget to check out our website at www.diebythesoardpodcast.com for character art, cast bios, links to our social media handles, and our merch store. And if you want to help support the show and help us to keep upgrading our equipment and provide you with even better content, we are set up to receive tips through coffee. Each coffee is worth $3, and you can find that link in the Follow Us section of our website. Also, if you'd like to contact us to let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to see next from us, or even just to tell us how stupid we are for messing up a rule, feel free to reach out to us at diebythesoardpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I think I've covered everything. Now that I've talked your ear off, let's get into this week's episode, shall we? I have a cat with a bell toy. I have to take it away. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I did this for a year. You'd think I'd have that ready. <laughs> what? Clearing everything that makes noise out of the room. Oh, yeah. She'll find it. Yeah, but it's in the other room now, so she can at least play with it over there. Just wait till you got the kids to leave stuff all around the room. And thus why we stopped recording with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> My cat's currently chasing his own tail. Cat goals. He's the dumbest cat I've ever seen. Are we talking about Diego? <laughs> nope. Oh, good. This would be Lando, but looks like, kind of like how uh, John described Diego. Maybe it's Diego's brother. <laughs> Same litter. Do cat folk have litters or they have like regular? I don't know. Question. That is a good question. I have not thought much on a cat folk reproduction. <laughs> ah, brings up another question. Do they have six nipples? or <laughs> two? I guess the litter size would be the first question to answer. That's true. If, if you really want to get nerdy about it, if cat folk have similar intelligence to humans, that means they probably have similarly sized brains, which means they need the extended incubation period of humans, which means they probably only have one or two at a time. Ah, uh, that does make sense. Yeah. But do the males have the barbed penises? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a question for John. Yeah. So we can start the episode off with next time. We got a lot of yeah. questions while you were gone. And there's a really tempting circumcision joke that I'm not going to make. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's, they're going to throw you for a loop. They're actually hatched. Like platypuses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we've had our biology lesson for the week... If you remember from last week, you guys made it into this flooded chamber. Um, 
Roderick fell in a pit. Uh, there was something talked about with a Dark Souls fog gate. You fought some Draugr. Um, then after that, then there was the Basilisk fight. Or crocodile fight, as some might say. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, so I believe we left off last week with Chaubert still in the water. So shall we jump right on in? Well, uh, shall we proceed? I don't see anything else to do. So we proceed. <laughs> so I, we help our friend Chaubert up. Absolutely. But I just want to brag a little bit that I did the most damage. And Cabal gives a side eye to Chaubert because he wasted his judgment on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I deserve that. <laughs> Flailing around, doing nothing. <laughs> Try it. So, uh, I am actually... Hold on, let me... While you're thinking, Roderick is going to drink a potion of Cure Moderate to try to recover some of that back up. While floating on your back in the water. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's got it on his belly like it's a cocktail. He's <laughs> <laughs> got one of those little floaties for it. Um, so... Uh, Am I on land right here? Do I have to go into the next room to be on land? Uh, you'd have to go into the next little area to be on land. <laughs> I don't want to go by myself. I'm scared. Out of curiosity, Roderick wants to use his dark vision to look around the pool to see if there's anything underwater. Is it 30? Okay. Uh, looking around, you do see a few things um, kind of scattered okay. along the bottom. It uh, looks like a chest had been thrown kind of in the water and has broken open down at the bottom. Haphazardly. Yep. You find five vials and one wand. Okay. Okay, Roderick, it's a 22 on Spellcraft, taking 10. Okay. Uh, so with that, you find a potion of displacement. Yes. A potion of gaseous form. Yes. A potion of non-detection and a wand of charm monster. You mean you could have got that Jobea first the whole time? <laughs> right? <laughs> How many charges does it have? 44. Ooh. Oh my goodness. It's almost full. And the other two vials that you're holding are not radiating as magical. He's not bleaching like in it. No, it'd be a... <laughs> uh, you could do an Arcana check on those, though. Okay. 18. These are two vials of Basilisk blood. <laughs> well, why do you think he was keeping his own blood? That's weird. <laughs> In case he accidentally petrified somebody. Ah, oh, so is this the cure? Oh. Yes. To cure petrification, you kind of you have to cover the body in Basilisk blood. Okay. And do a little dance. Make a little love. Get down tonight. Get down tonight. <laughs> so, so does that work on any uh, petrification? It's or just basicalist pet- petrification. Don't be gross, Philip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just for basilisks. Okay. So Roderick surfaces. I'm gonna say for funsies that he did the spellcraft checks underwater. Okay. <laughs> um, just cause. So he surfaces and he says, I found some pretty powerful artifacts underneath. And he explains what he found. All right. 
I will take that wand, thank you, since I'm a caster. Yes, it's not on my spell list. Wait, do I need to have it on my spell list? Yes, yes it needs to be on your spell list, but I think it is on the bard spell list. Oh, the, the list, not what I have. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be a known spell. It just has to be a spell your class can cast. Gotcha. Magus cannot cast that. Which seems odd. They're all combat all the time. They don't have any of the charm stuff. So and if I'm continuing to be the front line, I will definitely take this potion of displacement, if you don't mind. So what does displacement do? It creates a, a weird illusion that gives you 50% concealment, even though you are visible. So the top hat 50 or the bottom hat 50? <laughs> or is it a mix of everything? I think it's another funhouse mirror effect like we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. ah. We just can't quite tell where he is. Fun. Okay. And then what was the other one? There was one that actually... Gosh, I can't remember what yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, it no. Uh, Non-detection. Yeah, Non-detection, non yes. What does that do? I assume it prevents you from being detected. Yes. So, aid in stealth, or? Well, sort of how the Inquisitor did the detect alignment. I'm assuming if you had non-detection on, you would not detect, even if he was detecting the correct alignment. Let's see. Oh, gotcha. Uh, non-detection. Uh, the warded creature or object becomes difficult to detect by divination spells, such as clear audience, clairvoyance, locate object, and detect spells. Non-detection also prevents location by such magic items as crystal balls. If a divination is attempted against the warded creature or item, the caster of the divination must succeed on a caster check against the DC, blah, 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 etc., etc. Okay. What about gaseous form? Do you think that would help in his uh, stealth attacks? I'm pretty sure gaseous form means you can't make attacks. I think that is correct. I thought it just meant that you, uh, if you wanted to be hit, I mean, if something hit you, it like went through like, like a cloud. That's what I was thinking too. For gaseous form, the subject and its gear become insubstantial, misty, and translucent. Material armor becomes worthless, though its size, dexterity, deflection, blah blah blah, still apply. Uh, the subject gains damage reduction ten to magic and becomes immune to poison, sneak attack, and critical hits. You cannot attack or cast spells with verbal, somatic, material, or focus com components while in gaseous form. I still say give it to Jobert. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. It seems like it could be pretty helpful. So, on to the next room. Yeah, north, Roderick first. Heading north. And as you look into the next room, you find another circular corridor. Other than two stone doors up high on the walls. This room is relatively bare except for the ankle deep dark water. So I have a question. What if I, first of all, I'm, I'm going to take my hat off and put it back on so that I can be carrying again real quick. Okay. And then uh, can I cast like dancing lights under the water to help see? You could. Would it work? Considering the the water is only ankle deep, you wouldn't really see much. I see much. floor. <laughs> yeah. I see a nice mosaic. Ooh, hardwood. <laughs> uh, you do, as you're looking up toward the ceiling, see kind of like a, a mound of stone. It's kind of blackish toward the ceiling. Up near the doors. 
What kind of knowledge can I roll to find out what that is? That would be... Knowledge Dungeoneering. I have that. We had a 12. 17. The 17, you would recognize that as a black pudding. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my goodness. That's a black pudding. Is that bad? Yes, these things are incredibly dangerous. Should we just leave? Uh, what does Roderick know about black puddings? With a 17, you know they're really easy to hit. They have a lot of hit points. It's a type of ooze. They normally try to, to hit you and they have uh, they secrete acid. So are they weak to anything? Do we know that? They have typical ooze traits. So no sneak attacks. Also, I don't know what those typical ooze traits are. So I don't see any point in fighting this thing if we can avoid it. So should we just go in that first door then? Kind of like slink our way along the, the wall to see if it doesn't notice us? Yeah. I guess we roll stealth. Natural 20 for 20. <laughs> 12. 12. Or 12. 29. 28. So what was the lowest? 12. 12. 12. Okay. Carrie, stop singing to yourself. (laughs) So with that, as you start moving into the room to try to head to the door, it starts making its way down the wall toward the floor and rolling for initiative again. Come on. That is the fourth natural one on initiative in a row. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Roderick's nightmare. (laughs) And there are no women at all. <laughs> Nightmare on Roderick Street. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get those initiatives. Chaubert. Ten. Ten. Cabal. Fourteen. Fourteen. Vinley. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. And Roderick's got a two again. Yes, it's a two. It was a two last time. It was a two the time before that. And it's a two now. <laughs> Fun. All right. And somehow I'm going to go behind the ooze. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Which is quite the feat, because I know they have a negative initiative modifier. <laughs> they, have a neg- <laughs> they have a negative five initiative modifier. <laughs> and it's still going before Roger. It is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're starting with Renly. Uh, so I am going to sing and fly. Sing and fly. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my move. So are we still trying to just get out of here then? Is that what you're doing? No, I think we're fighting this thing now. Yeah. We woke the monster. Wait, should we just leave? You woke the monster. True, what's your fault? Yeah, that's my bad, you guys. (laughs) And my question was, you added shock to our weapons again? Uh, you know what? I haven't added anything. I haven't declared anything. Um... Should I add shock or should I add something to mix it up? Are they you? I mean, do they hate cold? Do they hate? Uh, did do you have knowledge of engineering? Yeah, I rolled a uh, little less than you, like two under you. Oh yeah, right. You already rolled it. Sorry, I forgot about that. So yeah, we don't know. 
Yes, you do. Yeah, Richard knows. <laughs> you should know. You've thrown one of these at me in, in one of the games. I did. The other group just avoided it because it was just kind of being stupid and on its own, and they were like, let's just go the other way around. Yeah, but I was playing an evil monk, so of course I wanted to kill everything I could. Yeah. And I did. You're up for the challenge. So I am going to... You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do keen. I'm going to give everybody keening. Just because I want to. Okay. Please tell us what keening does. Keen, uh, it makes it really sharp, and it, it improves your, your critical range. So I think it, it does it plus one. So if you crit on a 20, you get a 19 as your crit. If you, you know, 19 is now it's 18, 18, 17, so on and so forth. Gotcha. Well, 19 becomes 17, and 18 becomes 15. Yeah, there's oh. a, a, it increases at one range slot. Oh, I thought it just increased at one. No. One step. So if you, if you normally just crit on a 20, now it's 19 to 20 is a critical threat. If you already have it as 19 to 20, it becomes 17 to 20. And if you already have the 17 or whatever, then it's 15 to 20. And this has, I mean, this is just because I'm getting bored of the shock, but I shouldn't have done that. You know, looking back on it, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but you hands off the chest piece. Yep. Yeah. All right, but everyone has a improved crit range. Which helps me none. Would have been nice to get like extra damage. <laughs> All right, uh, Cabal. Um, I will cast Dungeoneering to see if I can see what it's immune to. Hey, Dungeoneering check. Dungeoneering. Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, okay. Uh, with a nineteen, you would know that this thing is immune to basically critical hits and flanking and sneak attack. Doesn't take any additional damage from precision-based attacks. It's immune to poison, sleep, paralysis, polymorph, stunning. So what is it? What 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 hurts it? Um, so basically it does still take weapon damage. However, it has a special ability that it splits in two with certain weapon types. Okay. Oh, no. Well, okay. Well, uh, then I will move um, 20 feet to the wall. 20 feet to the wall. Okay. Are you doing anything else? Oh, did the dungeoneering check doesn't take my turn? Yeah, that's just a, it's a pre-action to make knowledge checks. Heck yeah, bro. Okay, well then I will pull out my longbow then and see see if I can hit it. Okay. 24. 24 is definitely a hit. Alright. Six points of damage. Okay. And with that, it split it in two equal sized halves. I didn't think an arrow would split it. I thought maybe like a sword would split it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I didn't think that either. <laughs> That's why I wanted. <laughs> Did you say it was immune to mind affecting? Yes. Do you see a mind on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Ain't got no brain. So, it's 
now split in two, so you have two smaller black puddings to deal with. It's probably the most confusing thing about this creature. Yeah, it was like, Gary, you're going to have fun running this? <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, I remember this thing. And you get to split the hit points between them. It's a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. All right. Show bear. Oh, man. Uh, I guess Chaubert's gonna since we're deciding to stick around he just he don't want to chump out and just run for the exit like he would normally do try to stay safe and on his swift on his feet so he's going to make the move eastward and go to the the right uh, pudding and that is a 22. 22. It's a short sword. Okay, that's a hit. And it's 8. Have fun, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? That's what I said. <laughs> okay. And so with that attack, it splits this pudding in half. So much, so much work on my part. <laughs> I was going to do something else, but now I think I really want to throw my shocker at it. <laughs> Just remember who's doing this to you when it comes time to attack, Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so now you have one large pudding and two smaller puddings. So much work. This creature sucks. When I ran you guys through it, I, I that was the first thing I told you is use bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> so that I didn't have to do this. <laughs> Luckily, as a monk, I was using bludgeoning weapons. Yeah, yeah, you just kept punching it, and then the sorcerer was casting things at it. <laughs> was that an intentional cheat, or did was that a? No, they made their dungeoneering check. I just decided that that was the first thing I was going to tell them. <laughs> no, I meant for us because. Did we already say that it was bludgeoning? Well, no. we're, we already know that piercing did it, and we know for damn sure that slashing will. Yeah. Okay. So it is now the puddings' turns. So Your turns get more complicated with each turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they can all reach out from where they are because they have reach. Yeah, but I'm flying. But their reach reduces when they shrink. In Magic the Gathering, reach is for flying. Fun facts. The big one is going to move closer to Cabal and Roderick. But the two smaller ones are both going to go after Chauvier, while the big one is going to go... I'll roll and die for those. Let me do the small ones first. So the first slam on Chauvier is a 16... Okay, and then the second one is a 23. Ooh. (laughs) That's going to hit. Okay. So that is going to be 11 points of slam damage. Slamage. Slamage. (laughs) Plus... Nine points of acid damage. Oh. And I get the I hear a free attempt to grab you. 
That's a natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, does it grab him or. <laughs> caress? Caress? So, you are grappled. So, minus two to your AC and minus two to my AC. Which is right. really sad for me. Does it make it three? Yep. No, it makes it one. <laughs> Six, They're really easy to hit. <laughs> Oh, so question though, if I do decide to not get ungrappled and decide to try to hit it next round, and I hit it, and it splits in two again, am I still grappled? I would say no. Actually, I'm going to say probably yes, (laughs) because it has the extraordinary ability called suction. Oh, there you go. Because of the suction of Black Pudding, CMD score gets a plus 10 circumstance bonus against Bull Rush, Awesome Blows, other attacks, or effects to attempt to physically move it from its location. Alright. So you would just be held by a smaller one at that point. They'd be on your arms like water weight. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one, each one takes an takes a arm, and he's just, he's just in the middle. <laughs> Alright, and so the big one... As either Cabal or Roger. Actually, he's going to go for Cabal because you shot him the first time. He's going to thank you for splitting him in two. <laughs> that's going to be a miss because that's a natural four. Uh, yeah, that's a miss. He tried to give you a high five, but you moved away. I was like, get your suction thing away from me. <laughs> thought you liked suction. <laughs> not, from a, not from a pudding. Oh. <laughs> Alfie <laughs> Alright, Roderick Okay, seeing what's going on over there He's going to drop his longsword, draw his silver warhammer Spend an arcane pool point To magically enhance it Give it the flaming property And he's going to swing with it Okay. That's a natural 5 Which would hit, which would miss most characters But will hit this one on will hit. It's certain Alright, so that is nine points of bludgeoning damage and five points of fire damage. You're welcome. Got it. Okay. But you all notice it doesn't split this time. And Gary breathes a sigh of relief. (laughs) Less work for me. Renly. Okay, so which one has Javert? That would be... The smaller one to the southernmost small one. Okay. Not great for what I want to do. I think I can get to here and land. To the northernmost point of the room? Yes. And I am going to... I don't know if I should do this or not, but I don't have anything else that's not going to split them up. I'm going to cast... Ear piercing scream. Okay. And that should get. It's a targeted attack. Oh, I thought that was the cone. Sonic scream was the cone. Gotcha. Well, then I can still do it, but it's just gonna hit the one. I thought it was gonna hit the two. Or all of them, including Jobert. So yeah, I will cast it on the northernmost one. Okay. Uh, so you need to roll a fortitude save. The only save that it has a positive number. It's a 13. It meets it. So I can never remember. 
And Pat with back damage and no, no yeah. stun. Ugh. I can't be stunned anyway. But half the damage. So it's 3d6. Five, six, seven, nine, ten. So five points of damage. Five points of damage. damage. All right. Takes the damage because that is sonic damage and not a certain weapon type that would split it in two. That will bring us to Cabal. Okay, Cabal will cast uh, as a swift action. He will cast the Judgment of Destruction which will give him plus three to weapon damage rolls. Okay. And then he will cast Lend Judgment, and he will touch Roderick gently to give him the destruction as well. Okay, cool. So you both Since have... he's doing a lot of damage, I want to help him out. Both have the Judgment of Destruction. Very good. So that'll bring us to Chaubert. All right. So I guess I'll... Uh try to just escape this grapple. Okay. Nineteen. There it is. Uh, Nineteen looks like that will break free, because I don't see that as being one of the circumstance bonus things. There you go. Alright. So you are free. Alright. And then that's it, right? That's all I can do. It's a standard action to break free, right? Yeah, so you can move, but you can't take any other primary actions. Okay. Um, then I guess I will take a just a five foot step back. Okay. It is the black pudding zzzz terms. You have to add a new zzz for each time. There's a new uh, right. <laughs> Small ones like you, they're gonna move closer uh, to show bear. The large one is going to decide to go after Roderick or Cabal. Odds are Roderick. Evans Cabal. Keep it as your I still protest this. What, that you're odd? Yes. Because I always roll odds when I say that. No, because Odric Odric Rod <laughs> Roderick Rod in the context of our party just seems inappropriate to me, but hey. <laughs> I mean you it rhymes, so right. it's definitely Odric. You know what else rhymes is Odric Rod. Yes it does. Odds, Roderick, Roderick, odd. Uh, I rolled a five, so I'm going after Roderick. As per usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So he is going to try to reach out and slam. It's a 22. Of course it is. So, okay, so that's going to be 10 points from the slam. Eight points of acid and an attempt to grapple. Natty 19 on the grapple. Of course. So I have a question for Roderick. Don't you have uh, energy resistance acid 5? I do, yes. Thank you. I forgot. Five less points. Thank you, Philip. No problem. This Asimar thing is pretty cool. And you know, I think this might be the first time it's mattered. I think you're right. Because I know you haven't hit me with any cold damage. No, I have not. And it just so happens to be Roderick's turn. Okay, Roderick is just going to swing at this thing while it's in its grasp, just trying to trying to make it stop. Oh, great, a natural 20 on a creature that's immune to critical hits. 
But you hit it. I did eight points of bludgeoning, five points of fire. And that's with my plus threes? That's only two attack rolls. That's not to damage. Unless it says to damage. I only heard you say attack rolls. Yeah, it says all dam uh, weapon damage rolls. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay, well then add another three, Gary. Okay. Yay. Very yeah. good. Since you were putting out so much, uh, so much damage, that's why I was throwing that on you, so you could get some more in. Yes. It's quite helpful. All right, Renly. Hmm. So I found the one that is uh, the cone that I have. Uh, it's Court of Shards. Um, I won't cast that because it's piercing damage, so mm-hmm. you're welcome. I mean, you could split it into, you know, you'd have four of them now, of the small ones. Would that reduce their HP? It splits, each time they split, it splits the HP equally between the two. Hmm. And then the shards, there's so many shards, you'll have like 16 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Should I do it then? (laughs) Do it. It's your call. I'm I'm trying to read your face. Should I do it? Gary's like, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, Renly is going to cast Port of Shards. And you need to make a uh, reflex save for both of those uh, puddings. Okay. This will be good because they have a negative save. So the northernmost one, that's an eight. Fail. Southernmost is a 13. It meets it. So, okay. So, one takes uh, five points, the other takes two points. Or really, they don't take any damage and they just shrink. Oh, they don't take any damage. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I thought that they took at least a little bit. Yeah, I thought they were taking a little damage and then splitting. Just straight up splitting. All right. Great. Where's Where's Diego with blunt fist damage when you need him? Right. <laughs> I know, right? This would have been his fight. <laughs> Instead, we got the goddamn trouble with tribbles. <laughs> they keep multiplying. Okay. Got all of them in there. Court of Shards goes out, and this thing splits into... Well, you got... The two smaller ones split in half again. So now you have one big one and four really little ones. Well, comparatively. Cabal. Okay. So Cabal will ready a blunt arrow since the ooze has Roderick. He'll ready a blunt arrow and shoot it. Okay. And because Roderick is grappled, it cannot take an attack of opportunity even though you are in a threatened square. 19. 19's a hit. Six points of damage. And it doesn't split, because you used a blunt arrow. Yeah. It's such an odd concept to me. Yeah. It's like the boxing glove arrow. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Chaubert. All right, so Chaubert is going to take a look to his right and what is that thing right on the map there to us? Just uh, catty corner. That's him? where the uh, stone door is toward the ceiling. Okay. So nothing helpful uh, for him. All right. So he is going to, um, <laughs> he doesn't like the way this fight's going. So he's going to 
he realizes if he keeps on trying to, you know, stab it with a sword, bad things are going to keep happening. So he's going to drop his sword and uh, just try to punch this thing. Okay. And fun fact, they are not immune to non-lethal damage. Oh, even better. And since their AC is so low, you don't even have to worry about the negative four penalty for using a weapon you're not proficient nope. with. That is your hands. <laughs> oh, I'm proficient with these hands. Um, what is it? Okay, so do I get any bonuses for dexterity or anything? It's strength. Oh, strength. Okay, so... Oh, God. Uh, four. Four total? Did you add your base attack bonus as well? Ooh, I did not. Uh, yeah, so it should be higher than that. Seven, then. So, what did you roll in the die to when you made your attack? A three. Three plus your base attack bonus plus your strength. What, minus four for the improvised weapon? Yeah, I think so. So back to a three. Back to a three. Which hits. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Is that 1d4? It's 1d3. Okay, cool. Plus your strength modifier. Uh, so a four. So, and that was on the southernmost pudding? Or the one that's right? Uh, yes, on the southernmost one, the one that's uh, to his right. Okay. Got it. Damage done. Next up are the myriad of puddings. <laughs> Pudding. <laughs> Start with Rajik, that's easy. Yeah. Uh, so that one's just maintaining the grapple on you. Uh, so I'm assuming a 34 would maintain the grapple. Yes, Gary, you would assume correct. <laughs> okay. And so it is going to constrict. Mm. Of course it is. Eight points on the constrict, plus three points of acid, so no acid. Thank you for reminding me of that, Philip. And... And? I don't like... Uh, make a reflex save as well. Twelve. Twelve. So, therefore... Your armor takes seven points of acid damage as well. So fortunately, thanks to the hardness of steel, which is what his chain shirt is made out of, that is not enough to break it. Had he still been wearing his leather armor, it would have been a different story. <laughs> well, all right. So not enough, but you are still wrapped up in this thing's acidic embrace. Very annoyingly. And so we've got two black puddings are going to slam at Shobear. Other two. Wait, are you on the ground, Renly? I am on the ground. Oh, perfect. So then two are gonna move up to slam at you. Okay, so the two attacking Shobear. One rolls a natural three, so that's a miss. Second one. Rolls a natural eight, so I'm assuming fourteen misses. That does. Okay. Uh, and then the two attacking Renly. It's a 16. Miss. And second one. Natty 18. That's a 26. That's a hit. And that is eight points from the slam. Plus nine points of acid. Four points of acid. And... A 20 against your CMD to grapple you. That's that's a grapple. I rolled low. 
So now Rinley is grappled. We're just having a grapple-tastic time. It's a grapple party. It's graptacular. All right, Roderick. All right, he's just trying to kill this thing. Another swing with his uh, Warhammer. And of course, the only thing that could miss is a natural one. <laughs> roll a one. I rolled a one. I did not roll a one to confirm okay, the fumble. So just a miss. Yeah. Literally the only roll that it could have missed. Leave it to me. Glad you saved that sample. Right? I had a feeling I would use it again. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, that'll bring us to Ridley. Um, so I am going, uh, I'm going to ear piercing scream at this thing on my arm. Okay. So roll a thingy. You need to roll a concentration check to cast when you're grappled. Oh, do I? Yes. Even if it's just like on my arm. It's so little. Yeah. You're grappled, sir. Well, it, it's medium size now, so it's it's human size. Yeah, it's as big as you. So I need to so just hit it again and get it smaller. So the concentration check when, when we're rolling these is... Okay. Uh, I rolled a 16 on the die. You're fine. So now you roll a uh, reflex or fortitude? Fortitude, and I rolled a 23. Come on. So that is going to be nine and a half is four points of damage. Four points of damage. Okay. And still losing. Cabal. Cabal readies another blunt arrow and shoots it at the ooze in front of him that's grappled Roderick. Okay. Oh, yeah. Smoke that shit. <laughs> 22. That's a hit. 7 damage. Shipping away. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I guess. Slowly but surely. All right. Showbear. Um, he is going to keep on attacking the, the ooze to his right that he was trying to punch at earlier. And so, wow. <laughs> That's going to be a natural 2. Should well, what's what's the total? Two, uh, five, six, seven, eight. Eight minus four, just enough to. Hit. And so three plus one is four. All right, bring us back around to the black pudding's turn. But something weird starts to happen. Not another black pudding. Not another black pudding. But you notice that all of these black puddings start hardening and turning to stone. And as Renly starts looking around the room, Cabal turns to stone. Chabert turns to stone. Roderick turns to stone. And Renly hears something behind him, kind of in the water. And as he turns around, another basilisk is standing right behind him. And he meets his gaze. And he starts turning to stone as well. We slowly see the stone creeping up Rinley's arm, spider veining as it works his way through his system. Rinley begins to panic, and we hear nothing but his heartbeat rapidly beating like a bass drum. As the stone reaches his elbow, 
we cut away and see a catfolk sitting by a fire, meditating. It's Diego. Diego opens his eyes to see a letter sitting in his lap. He looks around to see who might have left the letter in his lap, but there's no one around. He uses his senses, and the only sounds that he hears are the sounds of the forest and the fire that is before him. He opens the mysterious letter, which reads, The laws of order and nature shall soon be thrown into chaos. This cannot be. You have been chosen as an ambassador of order to maintain the balance. The darkness cannot be allowed to release the beast from its confinement. It is your solemn duty to travel to the town of Ravengrew and seek the temple of the Lady of Graves. You will know the man you seek upon your arrival. Do not delay your journey. May the goddess protect you. There is no name anywhere to be found in the letter. It is only signed with a grayish-blue spiral. Diego gathers his things and sets off for Ravengrove. We then see Chaubert. We see him picking the lock of a chamber in a large palace. He sneaks in and we see a large trophy room. A shimmering red ruby sparkles even through the darkness. He approaches the ruby and as he looks at it, what appear to be flames flicker within the heart of the gem. The name Andir is etched into its side. As he is about to reach in and grab the gem, a raven appears out of nowhere and delivers a note to him. Curious. He opens the letter and reads the note it contains. It reads, A great evil has descended upon the nation of Ustalov. We are nearing dark days ahead, and as one who is touched by the shadows, you know how catastrophic that can be. It is your charge to be a beacon for the light and keep the beast in his cage. I urge you to travel to Ravengrow and seek the Spiral Temple. You have been chosen by destiny. Do not ignore this calling. You will know the man you seek when you see him. May the Lady of Graves watch over you. We then see Cabal kneeling in prayer in a temple of Phrasma. A swirl of grayish-blue mist forms and circles all around him. The spiral gets faster and faster, almost as if it is sucking all of the air out of the room. But it suddenly stops. In its wake, a letter sits in front of Cabal. Cabal opens the letter and begins to read. The time for judgment is at hand. A great evil stirs in the heart of Ustalov. The undead rise as we speak to form an unstoppable army. They must be destroyed before a new whispering tyrant is crowned. I call on you to travel to the town of Ravengrow, seek sanctuary in the temple of Phrasma until the war begins. You will know when the dogs of war have been released, when the man who is too seeks your help. You may know him instantly, though you've never met. May the Lady of Graves guide you. Cabal thanks Phrasma for the blessing of this quest and sets off for Ravengrow. As Cabal steps out the front door of the temple, we cut back to Rinley, 
slowly becoming petrified. And right at the moment that he would be completely petrified, Randy wakes up and sees Judge Deramid standing at the foot of his bed. I think it's time for us to talk. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, Randy. It was nice seeing you again. <laughs> I was going to ask him where, where's Roderick.